And so thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And for those online, you, we still welcome you too. So we're going to continue. If you um, heard last week online the message on Acts chapter 6, I want to just continue on that passage and bring something different to us today. And I want to read from verse um, from the chapter 6. And just instead of reading all of it, I just want to uh, start where it says, We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. If you're not familiar with this passage, the church was growing so fast as the Holy Spirit was poured out in the New Testament church. And uh, there was people being overlooked or overlooked on care and, and help because of the church growth. And the apostles were committed to preaching the word of God and prayer. And so what they said, they said, we need to find some other people who will help the widows to continue ministering to them while we continue in our strength. And then it says we will turn responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. You know, if that transaction or transition would not have changed or or, or been um, responsibility given to other people, the Word of God would have actually not been effective and the church probably would not have grown as quick and as much. You know, in church life, it's really important to understand the principles that it's not just about the Holy Spirit pouring out. It's all about the people of God aligning themselves with His purpose and co-partnering with God to help the church grow. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what I see in this passage, which is so important for our church as we move forward in this next season, especially as we're moving out of lockdown, hopefully, more people will have confidence to come and gather and we'll be able to do more outreaches to our community. But we cannot do that unless the people of God are willing to give themselves to service. And so they um, appointed people to the function of the ministry of waiting on tables, the, the tables of the widows, you know, the distribution of food. But also, it wasn't just like a minimum ministry. It also would include finances, making sure people were getting the right amount, making sure taking the finances in to buy the right stuff. So it was a big responsibility. But you can see with those gifts, it wasn't just about the preaching gift that needed to be operating. Also, gifts of different abilities and availabilities needed to come together to help the church grow. I'm going to say, you know, when people talk about church growth, what they don't usually say is that when the church grows, problems actually get more. Church growth happens, but then more people get overlooked. Because if in a smaller context of a church, you have time to do things that you probably wouldn't do when the church is growing. You know, you can commit to certain things, but when the church grows, there are more needs. And therefore, you have to stop doing what you're doing to meet that need. And when you do that, that gets neglected. It's like spinning plates. And we've been there in a smaller context of a small growing church years ago. And we know that for us, that we used to do every job uh, in every area all the time. And it was so exhausting until people would take responsibility. But as the church grows, there is more problems, more challenges to me. And so we find that in this particular church, the New Testament church, there was problems. People were being overlooked. And you know, maybe in this COVID season with our restrictions, and you've been a member for a long time, you're thinking, well, I've been overlooked. And you know, it's not because it's been intentional. 
It's because we have tried to navigate our way forward. And so thank God for all of you that have, have, have come alongside and tried to help, tried to reach out to many people as possible. But you know, even when the power of God was present, even when there were thousands being saved, there was people being overlooked. But yet what I like about the apostles well, even though they were committed to preaching the word of God on prayer, they made sure they stopped and got somebody else to meet the need. And so that's what we must do in the church as we grow, that we must focus uh, ourselves, those especially for us preaching the word, we can't allow that to fall and prayer, but we must make sure that we're looking for people and releasing them to meet the, the needs that are being overlooked. And so we can see that they appointed people. Interesting to know that there was a problem with the Greek widows and they appointed seven people who were Greeks. Interesting how they met the needs with the culture. And so the apostles' job was to do what Ephesians 4 tells us, was to appoint or equip people for works of service and to release them into their purpose of God. You know, Moses in the Old Testament had the same challenge when the church was growing. And you know, his father-in-law visited him and he said the same kind of words that the apostle said in Acts chapter 6. It would not be good for us to neglect the ministry of the word and prayer to wait on tables. And this is what Moses' father-in-law said to, to Moses. He says, what you're doing is not good. You're sitting here from night to morning counseling all the people of God all on your own. You are going to wear yourself out it is not good. So he said, look, if you will listen to me, he said, I'm going to help you make your, light load, uh, light, your, your, your load lighter if you will share it with the people of God. If you would choose some people around you and give them responsibility, then not only you, but the people will go home happy. If you read the scriptures, that's what it tells us. And so Moses' father-in-law actually gave him wisdom to keep him alive in ministry. And so no different to the Old Testament to the New Testament, we can see as the church grows, the needs grow, but yet it just can't fall on the few employed ministers. It has to be the body of Christ. That's what God's plan is for our lives. And so for us as the church, the body of Christ, we need to know some real basic facts. Number one, we know that Jesus builds his church, but what we do need to never forget is that Jesus builds his church through his people. He doesn't do it on his own. He's chosen to be, for us to be co-workers with him. And so, you know, it's not all up to God. He's saying, well, if my people won't step up and give their time and their talent and their tithe to the work of God, the church will not grow. And so we can look at that. You know, I remember going to LA once to look at the Dream Center where they are ministering to thousands and thousands of people who are broken in the streets of LA. And as I walked into this 10-story building, there were three stories being used for the community. This was about 20 years ago now. And seven stories were empty, but they had a vision on every floor to, to, to fill those floors with community needs. And this big sign was right across the third floor, which was empty, and it says this, Without vision, people perish. But without people, the vision will perish. Did you know that you can have the biggest vision in the world as a person and as a church, but if you haven't got people around you willing to give their time and their gifting, that will never get off the ground. 
and the church will not grow. Without responsible volunteers, the word of God would have been stifled for the season in the early church. And today, in every church that's meeting together today on Sundays, without volunteers, that church would not fulfill the potential that God has for it. But you know, it takes effort. It takes commitment. I remember a few weeks ago when most of our staff were isolating through COVID and many people on our worship team also had to isolate. I had a guest speaker coming that day and most of us couldn't come to church to help our staff team. So early I came on my own just to see if anybody would be here to help with the service. And do you know something? I was totally blown away by the volunteers and the hearts and the commitment of the people setting up and getting ready for people coming. I was totally moved and realized that without those people, we could not preach the gospel. We couldn't encourage those that were coming. So I was so moved and encouraged. But you know, it, took, it takes hard work. It takes commitment. It takes doing something sometimes that you don't want to do. And so I want to commend those of you that are volunteers in our church. Those of you who are at home are praying for us because, you know, volunteerism is not confined to a Sunday. Sometimes circumstances change in our life where our health or our situation change and you can't do what you used to do. But I want to tell you, you can still be a volunteer for Jesus. You know, if you're watching on camera, you say, I just can't get to church yet, but you can pray. You can still give. And I want to tell you, without those of you that's giving financially, you may not be serving physically, but you're giving financially every week. We would not be here without you doing that before the Lord. I want to say to you, the power of volunteerism helped the church grow throughout the New Testament. And it's not going to be the set, no different for us today. Without God using his people, we will not see the church fulfill its potential. And every single one of you, if you belong to Jesus, has a part to play in the body of Christ. You may not be gifted or sing like our worship team. You know, if you heard me sing, you would say, I agree with that. But I have a gift that God's given to me that I can use to serve on tables to help the body of Christ fulfill its purpose. And so can you. I was watching a TED talk about volunteerism the other day, and it says there is a decline in membership in volunteer organizations, so much so that 58% of decline. And he says this, it's because of the change in communication and technology. It's, contrib it's contributing to the separation of community engagement of the face-to-face. I thought that was extraordinary. He says, but what is not changing, and this is somebody that's not in church, but what is not changing is the need to belong to a community and a family, as well as a greater need than ourselves. I want to encourage you today that we have the greatest message and the greatest answer to the biggest need in our society, in our world, and it's Jesus Christ. You can't give your life to a better mission, even though you have personal agendas and businesses. I want to tell you the greatest purpose in our lives is helping to share the good news of Jesus. That's the greatest thing that we could ever do. And I want to ask you a question. If you think about all the churches right now, just in the UK, of all the volunteers that's giving their time and their talent, not only on Sundays, but behind the scenes, if you were to add up all those hours and just give the minimum wage... We could never afford to keep the church going. Without volunteers, the mission of God, I'm sure, would not fulfill its great potential. But I want to say to you that God will always raise up people. But I want to say if I'm available, I want to be involved in God's purpose for my life. And so someone said this, volunteering wasn't about the importance of doing something for free. 
It was the freedom to do something important. You know, what we're doing for Jesus is priority. It is so important. No matter what you're doing, whether you're at home praying, whether you're putting money into a little container to help missions, if you're just doing something that nobody sees behind the scenes, but you're helping the church go forward, I want to tell you that contribution is so important to helping the church fulfill its mission. And so we have the greatest message that doesn't only affect now, but also eternity. And so what's it going to take for the church to advance? It's going to take for not only the presence of God, but the people of God to be present, to be involved, to take responsibility of an area of church ministry, whatever that is, in your capacity and gifting and time. If you would take responsibility, we'd see an explosion of a move of God. You know, if revival, we keep saying, let's pray for revival. I'm wondering if revival broke out, I wonder how many people would be coming to all the meetings every night to cater for the salvations. I'm not sure that we would do it. If you look at the the statistics now in church life, most Sunday meetings, evening meetings don't exist. And I'm thinking, Lord, we need a move of God, but we need a move of God in the people of God. That revival will take place in the church, that we would say, here I am, wholly available. And as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to just be a spectator. I'm going to be a participate and help the body of Christ fulfill its potential. 1 Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. You know, not all of us are prophets and teachers and pastors, but every one of you have been gifted by God with a grace gift to do something to help the body of Christ. And that's so important. Nobody is left out. I want to tell you that you are so needed No matter what part you are in the body, you are needed. You know, 1 Corinthians tells us, just as the body, though though is one, has many parts, but all, all many parts is different, but Christ is the head. He said, if they were all one part, where would the body be? You know, if we were all mouths like me, we'd be in chaos. You know, we just can't of all mouths. It may seem like it's on a platform and it may say, oh, it's glamorous. But I want to tell you, if that's your gift, then use it for the glory of God. But I want to tell you, you can't function in any church with just a mouth. The Bible says that, you know, if where would the body be? Where would the the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the foot, I don't need you need you. Do you know some of the most important parts of our body are unseen? And the problem sometimes in church life is like we we all want the parts that everybody sees. But without the heart that not many people can see, we wouldn't be existing. And much of our body functions of unseen parts, but without every part flowing together functions properly, we'll see God do something great. I want to say that you are needed. And then in 1 Corinthians, there's something interesting that I never saw before. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its part should have equal concern for the others. If one part suffers, then every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, then everyone honours with it. What is it saying? It's saying that we're all involved in this. It's not just the paid people that does the ministry. In fact, The Bible says that we are the equippers and the people of God are the ministers. You are to serve the Lord with your gift in ministry. And you don't need a title. You don't need to go to Bible college. Now, it's great if you do, if God's leading you in that way. 
but every one of you is being in the gifted by God to do something. There is a table waiting for you. A few points as I come to a close. What I can see from this chapter, which will help us understand the power of volunteering. Some of the points that's really important. Number one, it says in verse three, they were chosen. In the words, they had to be around. They couldn't choose somebody that wasn't there. Does that make sense? I am so glad that you turned up this morning. Because if you didn't turn up, we wouldn't be needed. You don't underestimate the power of your presence. You know, for some of you at home right now, thank you for switching online. You know, you may not be able to make it today, but the power of you turning up online and supporting your church brings so much encouragement. How disheartening would it be if all our team that comes at 8 o'clock set everything up and nobody came? The power of you turning up, showing up, just brings energy to us and say, God, it was worth it because God may just touch your life and touch those lives that doesn't know Jesus that's going to walk through these doors in the coming weeks and coming months. And so I want to say you need to be around. You've got to show up. And so thank God that you made the transition to come. Maybe you don't like the stage. Maybe you don't like the lights. Maybe you don't like the preacher, but you showed up. That's commitment. And you know something? God asks us, if you find a church where you belong, that you need to show up, whether it's online, in person. But you know, we are limited online. There's not much you can do physically. But if that's where you are right now and you're on a journey, then thank God for switching online today. Number two, you've got to be available. That takes it another step. There was they took responsibility. You know, some people today don't like responsibility. But if we're going to see the church grow, you have to be willing to take responsibility of what God's given to you and what's needed to be done in the life of the church. Taking responsibility. You know, if these people in the early church would not have humility enough to take an admin role or a finance role, the distribution of the widows would never have been met and the word of God would have stopped. Everyone is gifted differently. Finance gifts, admin gifts, we need prophecy, we need preaching, we need all that. We need youth and young adults, we need senior ministry, we need outreach ministry. There's so much that we could do, but without people, we can't start ministry. And God has placed something in your heart and your life and your giftedness. And it's not just for you to make money and just have a great life. God's gifted you to serve the body so we can impact a world with the good news of Jesus. That's our higher purpose. And thank God if you're a business person and you, and you give 10% of your income to help the church grow. Without you, we couldn't fulfill the main purpose of God. So all the contribution of God, but we have to take responsibility. And thirdly, able. They were full of the Holy Spirit. They chose people with the gift mix to help the role. And sometimes we're given a role that we're not gifted to do and we just feel disappointed when somebody doesn't follow us up and help us to get into a table that suits us to serve. And so what we're saying is, you know, your time may be limited. You're, you, know, you're, you know, it's no good applying for a worship role if you can't sing or play an instrument. So we wouldn't waste your time. But you may be gifted administration or finances or you may be, have an amazing smile to welcome people into the door. There may be other things outside to help with the community. You have something that God's placed in you that would help this church grow. But you have to be able. You have to find your strength. Now all the time we can't work in the areas of strength because there's lots of things that need to be done. But hopefully we'd find where you fit 
But you have to be willing to learn. You have to be willing to be teachable. You have to be open to grow. Even after 30 odd years in the ministry, I'm still trying to read and learn to do things better. I'm still asking other people in different churches, how do you do that? How can we better at this? Because I want to be teachable. I want to be able to grow the gift that God's given to me to be better in my older years than I was in my early years. I want to be open. Someone says this, if you are the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. The biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. I wonder, are you open to learn? Are you open, you know, you may be the top of your tree. Are you still open to develop and and to fan your gift and to sharpen your life in the things of God? Are you beginning to, or or you say, well, you know, I've got to level now in in church. I don't need to learn anymore. Oh, that's a mistake. We need to be available. We need to be able and open to learn. Finally, we need to be approved. You know what does that for me? Well, you know, people recognize the gift and they pray for them, release them into ministry. But not only was they approved by the apostles, they was approved by the people they work with. And I want to say this to you. You can be approved. You can be anointed, but you know the people that you work with, the teams that you're involved with, you've got to be able to be approving one another. You've got to be loving one another. You've got to be honoring one another. You've got to be serving one another because when that kind of approval happens in a team, unity happens and God can't help but bless that. There can't be jealousy. There can't be quarreling. There can't be competition. There's got to be an approval. We've got to be able to get on because let me tell you, results are important, but relationships are massive. They must go together if we're going to bear fruit in our lives. And then finally, appraisal. It says, so the word of God spread and the disciples increased. You know, all the stuff that we do in church has got to be assessed. It's just because we've been doing it for 25 years. Is there any fruit in what's happening? Is the word of God growing? Is there growth? If there's not growth, why are we wasting our energy on something that's dying? And so just because it's your ministry and your area and you own it, if it's not growing... We've got to ask the question, do you need to relocate to a different area where you can get some growth in that ministry? They said, how's it doing? I'm going to say to you today, there is a reward in serving the Lord. And you may not see it on this side of eternity, but I'm going to tell you there is a reward. And the Bible says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. One of my points as I come to close today is that we, were, we need approval from people. But let me tell you something. The most important approval is from God. And do you know if you're a child of God today, no matter how you've come into church today, he approves of you serving him. We've sung, we are washed in the blood of the lamb. You know, it's Jesus that makes us clean to serve. And you may have messed up last week and I want to tell you his blood never stops speaking for you. And sometimes the devil will try and disqualify us from serving him. But I want to tell you God's approval upon his children. He says, I approve that you can serve me with your gift. I know that we have to get our lives in line sometimes with some of our habits and that. We're all on a journey. But I want to tell you, the devil is the accuser, but God is the approver. And so wherever you are today, God is approved. You say, but you don't know my circumstances. If only you knew my situation, you know that I, I no longer can serve anymore. But let me tell you this. You may not be able to serve how you used to do, But let me tell you, God has a table for you. It may not be the table that you used to do 20 years ago or 10 years ago or 10 weeks ago, but God has a table for you to serve on because if you're still alive, 
you're still available to serve him and he's still got a plan for your life. And I wonder if you are sitting here today and thinking God's got no service for me, no use for me. That is not true. God is waiting for you as a table ready for you to serve on. You know, Joni Erickson Tardo, you may know of this woman that shared the gospel, but she is paralyzed from the neck down. When she was young, she went for swimming and she dived into um, a lake and she misjudged the shallowness and she hit her neck and she damaged the fifth and fourth um, vertebrae in the spine and she was paralyzed all the way down in a wheelchair confined for the rest of her life. But she decided that God sat on a table for her. And this is what she said in her book. I was reading it and it really touched me. And then I'm going to finish with a video because I, I want to say to you, if you've got an excuse this morning of why God can't use you, then this video will hopefully change your mind. She said, when I was in Germany speaking at a church, a blind woman named Elizabeth served as my interpreter. You can imagine the two of us on stage, me with my wheelchair and Elizabeth with her white cane. During the break, someone placed an English language magazine on my lap. It looked like a good read, but with my paralysis, I couldn't hold the journal or turn its pages. Elizabeth, I said, how about if you hold the magazine and turn the pages? I will read it out loud. That way, we can both enjoy it. And that's what we did. I needed her and she needed me. And together, we accomplished something that blessed both of us. That is how the body of Christ should work. Our combined weaknesses become delightful strengths. Let me ask you, what excuse have you brought into church today to say, I cannot serve the Lord? Let's stand together. Those of you online, stand with me. That is God. What could God do with you? As I finish the scripture, Linda's going to finish with something. 2 Timothy says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For the Spirit of God did not give you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Amen. I want you just to put your hands out in front of you and look at your hands. Metaphorically, I want you to ask yourself a question. What is it? What do I have in my hands that I can use for the Lord to build his house, to build his church? Because that is what you are called to do, whoever you are, if you are born again. You are the church. We, together, we have something. We have gifts. We have talents. We have strengths. We have time. And I didn't know what Pastor Jason was preaching on today. And as I was praying earlier this morning, I was reminded of Solomon. He was building a temple. And he asked God, and he prayed to God, send me the men and the women the men and the women that are experienced, the men and women that are talented. And God sent him every person that was needed to build that house of God. He prayed and God answered. You see, God builds his church through us, his people. And I remember many, many years ago, 
when I became a Christian. And very soon I heard this. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I send and who will go for me? And I remember shouting in my heart and I said, here I am, send me. And at that moment, there was nothing that I thought was any use that I could do for the Lord. And you're in this place today because you are the body of Christ. You are the church. And within your heart and with your hands, you have gifts, you have talents, you have strengths. And I wonder today if you could dare to ask the Lord, what is it that I can do for you? And are you willing to answer when God says, who can I send? Are you willing to say, Lord, send me? I just want to finish. I put this in my notes, but I didn't. I skipped over it. Uh, and not intentionally, I just missed it. As I was preparing today, I was talking about serving on tables. And Psalm 23 came to mind. And, and the psalmist says, even though I go through the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But this is what it says. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And you anoint my head with oil and my cup will overflow. I wonder in your life right now what's happened in your past. You think that, that God has finished with me. I want to say to you that God has a table prepared for you. In the presence of your darkness, in the presence of your pain, in the presence of your enemies. And I'm saying to you, whoever you are today, do not give up. The enemy is a liar and God still has a purpose for your life. You know, as we worship, why don't you say in your heart, Lord, send me.